Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Hello to those of you listening to our live broadcast. Well, it's a pre-recorded broadcast. It's live right this second at 5 p.m., but it will be a rebroadcast by the time you hear it tonight at 8 p.m., August 13, 2013. And hello to those of you um, who are listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great you remembered. And yes, uh, most most Tuesdays we have live programs and then rebroadcasts on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time they are made accessible but you can access them at your own convenience um, here on blog talk radio and there is a link on my website you are listening to wellness wholeness and wisdom with me psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner Parthenia Izzard on blog talk radio on the internet and I remember sometimes those rebroadcasts you listen to are from 2006, 2007, so I might have been on a different radio station at that time. So don't panic. You're on the right pl- You're at the right place, and yes, all programs are now through Blog Talk Radio. Now, to call into the program, call 619-789-6835. Uh, that's if you want to ask a question of my guest. Now, to send instant messages during the program, you can do that through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. To find the program, if you do not subscribe to my e-card, we, well, actually, if you do, do subscribe, you know that I'm pre-recording at 5 and that you can call in now. But if you didn't, then there's, <laughs> there's a moot. Point. But in any event, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get an e-card once a week telling you who my guests are going to be. Uh, you enter my name or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box, and then you can access the inform- you know, access the program. Now, any problems with the internet links? Give me a call at eight six six four seven two six zero nine four after the program. Now, on this program, uh, for those of you who may be new, we do discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products, and issues, and we do it with the experts. Now, only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last week, my live guest was Jan Krauss-Green, uh, author of I Call Myself Earth Girl. Uh, that was a fictional piece uh, and, and a beautiful, beautifully written piece. Now, at the end of that program, we discussed the Urbanese and the Asana Dhanurasana. Uh, next week, my live guest Tuesday, August 20, 2013, will be Devra Lavelle, author of Leap to Freedom, Healing Quantum Guilt. Now, if you miss any show, you can go to my website, www.amtherapies.com. Click on the radio link to hear the show. 
for appointments with me, that's face-to-face or remote. And for general information, call 866-472-6094. Uh, Now, remember, you can purchase an autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, and you can do that on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter, Alternative Netty. And don't forget, eat right for your blood type and new skin supplements and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now today, when we come back from the news, I'll be speaking um, early today with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Uh, Ten Ways to Live a Happy Life. The program, as I stated earlier, will be aired later on this evening uh, at 8 p.m. At at the end of tonight's program, we will discuss the herb anato and the asana adomuka virsasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, this comes from science. Now, uh, this came out August 7, 2013. It says moderate exercise could be good for keeping your tendons healthy, according to new research from the University of East Anglia, funded by arthritis uh, research in the UK. The onset of tendon disease has previously been associated with exercise. However, new research published in the journal uh, Molecular Cell Research shows that doing moderate exercise could help against and treat the painful and often debilitating condition. The research team showed that moving around increases a group of enzymes enzymes, uh, that defray tendon tissue and increase tendon protein. Now, uh, tendon disease is caused by damage to tendon at cellular level. Symptoms include chronic pain, inflammation, stiffness, and reduced function. The lead researcher in this was Dr. Eleanor Jones from UEA School of Biological Sciences. And she said, quote, the onset of tendon disease has always been associated with exercise. However, this association has not seen, uh, this association has not been fully understood. We have shown that moderate exercise has a positive effect on tendons. Uh, the team used twin Achilles tendon cells, which proceeded in rat tail college gel. Now, these were then subjected to levels of strain experienced by human tendons to simulate moderate exercise. Quote, if a study talked about moderately high exercise and we would consider running to be moderately high, but it's important to remember that our research was carried out in the lab, so to confirm this, we would need to complete further clinical studies. And the new findings also reveal how genes regulated by the activation of the protein CGF-B for transforming growth back to data. By investigating this pathway, researchers hope to find out more about how exercise is associated with well, if you live long enough, you'll hear well, contrary information on all kinds of things. <laughs> but in any, in any event, um, as I said earlier, 
Um, my guest this evening is Barbara Berger. You can hear that the sounds you're hearing in the background are coming from her mic. She's the author of Are You Happy Now? Uh, she gives examples from her own dramatic life since leaving America at a young age, at the young age of 18 and settling in Scandinavia to her lifelong exploration of the power of mind and the nature of consciousness. Uh, she presents 10 practical ways to use this understanding in daily life, relationships, at work, and for health. American-born uh, Barbara Berger's best-selling author of The Road to Power, The Road to Power, uh, Fast Food for the Soul, which has now been translated into 30 languages. She is also the author of Mental Technology, Gateway to Grace, The Spiritual Pathway, and uh, The Awakening. Oh, the Awakening Human Being and Sane Self Talk. Okay, um, hello. Now it's about what, eleven o'clock there. <laughs> I started to think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Hi. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> oh my goodness! Why don't you sort of? Well, what is just out of curiosity? What is the weather like there where you are? Well, it's summer, but I don't think it's as hot as. Where are you? You're in uh, I'm Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, right? I'm Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's the, yeah. the 80s and having a lot of rain and all that sort of thing. But I was just curious. Yeah, we're having a lot of rain, too, at the moment. But we've had a lovely summer here in Scandinavia. It's been very hot, actually, for here, so it's been wonderful. Oh, very good. Um, what I'd like you to tell our listeners before we get started really talking about the book is about your background and your upbringing and what prepared you for this or pointed you into the direction of happiness and <laughs> well, I think we're all pointed in the direction of happiness, right? That's something that we're all seeking. But uh, as you said in your kind introduction, I am—I was born in America. I grew up actually in a suburb of Washington, D.C. And uh, my father, he worked in the Pentagon. He was a military man. And then uh, in, during the 60s, when I was a teenager, um, I had a boyfriend who was drafted to go to Vietnam. And uh, we were against the war in Vietnam, and so since my father was a military man, it wasn't a very popular thing in my family, so I actually ran away from home, and uh, my boyfriend and I, we were we were underground, actually, for, for several years. Uh, that was sort of at the very beginning of the, the, there was this huge protest movement against the Vietnam War, which came later. Uh, but anyway, we were underground for a couple of years, and we ended actually in Sweden where we got political asylum, and that's that's actually the short version of how I came to Scandinavia, where I still live. But um, this rather tumultuous, dramatic start to my life made me really start to question at an early age, uh, you know, what is this thing called life, and what is it all about, and what is my purpose, and what does it take to live a happy life, and why do we have so many problems, and what's going on? So <laughs> so you could say, yes, at an early age, I, I uh, it set me in that direction. Okay, well, very good. Life experience. Um, mm. Now, when you talk about happy, what do you mean? That's a really good question. It really is. I think that, uh, well, actually in the book, uh, I, I really divide or I, I divide happiness into two kinds of happiness. Uh, and by happiness, I mean, of course, satisfaction or feeling good or what it is that we're all seeking. 
but but in the book uh, Are You Happy Now? I, I divide happiness into what I call conditional happiness and unconditional happiness. And uh, conditional happiness I, I I describe as the happiness that we experience when something goes well for us in the outer. In other words, if we have a great marriage, a lovely husband, or a wonderful wife, or we have a great job, or we we have a great body, we have good health, we have money in the bank, we have success, whatever. So these, these things in life, outer circumstances, people, events, which come and go and which change, I call this the kind of happiness we receive from things that go well for us. That's conditional happiness, happiness which we cannot control, which comes and goes, which changes. And then I talk about what I call unconditional happiness. And I define that as the 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 joy of being the joy of existing the joy of life itself uh and this is in, in the book i describe this as our true nature it's what we are to begin with it's nothing that we can create or or achieve but uh we don't always experience it or we often don't experience it and so this whole book is an an exploration of what does it take to experience the true happiness, the happiness that is our true nature that's always with us. Ah, okay. So am I I stating the title properly when I say, are you happy now? (laughs) Yes, you are. Because we all think that, oh, if we have this or if we do that or if this happens, we will be happy. Okay. Yeah, but also it's very important the now because if you sure. think about it, there is only the now, and we can only be happy now. So happiness can only be here now, and happiness can only be you now. So so everything else, I mean, the whole the whole premise basically of this book is also that our thinking. There's a difference between our thinking, in other words, our 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 interpretations of what's going on in our lives and the reality of what life is right now. The reality of what life is right now is always what's happening now. But we are all interpreting it, having our different thoughts about what's going on, our different stories, and that's actually what we experience. And so if we're not experiencing the happiness, the joy of this moment, then we're basically lost in our stories. Okay, let me run through, run down your ten ways that that, mm-hmm. that are listed in the book, and that'll give people a good hand, handle on where you're coming from and what what you're, mm-hmm. you're thinking about here. Um, mm-hmm. You start out with the first way: accept what is. Number mm-hmm. two, want what you have. Number three, mm-hmm. be honest with yourself. Four, mm-hmm. investigate your stories. Five, mind your own business. Six, follow your passion and accept the consequences. Seven, do the right thing and accept the consequences. Eight, deal with what is in front of you and forget what and forget the rest. Nine, know what is what. And ten, learn to see beyond impermanence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Accepting what well, I think is. I should, I, yeah, I think <laughs> I would like to just say to 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 our listeners the way the the way this arose this list here that will make even more sense what we're talking about. It actually came about um, right after my 60th birthday. I was sort of laying on my sofa one day and I was thinking, my goodness gracious, Barbara, you know you're so old. You've lived so long. Uh, what have you actually learned from this long? 
a dramatic life. Uh, and what do you need to remember if you want to live the rest of your life a little bit more happily than the past 60 years? And then I thought, well, I started making this list, writing these points down, the 10 points that you just read. And then I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to remember these things, um, maybe I should try to see if I could explain what I mean by each of them to myself. And so then I started writing, you know, except what is, well, why is that so important for me to remember that? Or want what you have, why is that so important for me to remember that? So then I started writing down, you know, my explanations. And then I thought, well, oh, my goodness, I, I think I'm actually writing a book because it's sort of... T- grabbed a hold of me and I was writing and writing and writing and then I showed it to my publisher here and she she thought it was a great great idea for a book and so it became a book sort of by accident and my original title was just 10 ways to live a happy life a reminder to myself that was the original title but my publisher didn't think it was a very sexy title so she she was actually the <laughs> one who came up with the, are you happy now <laughs> instead so, so actually, these ten ways—they were—they were sort of—they were actually pointers to myself, um, reminders, signposts. What, what, what do I need to remember to live more happily? So okay. yeah, and I found out that when I that when I do these ten things, that I actually do feel happier. Okay, let's let's hold that thought while I go to break, and uh, when we come back, we will explore this uh, this first one especially, uh, accepting what is. Okay, folks, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzar, here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine and Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for face-to-face and remote Secure video conference appointments. That's 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet. You can call in during the program. And we'll be back with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Ten Ways to Live a Happy Life. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations, has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Yes, that's it. And certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Kazan. Now remember on my site, www.amtherapy.com, to please you and purchase the book I promote, One of the Great Ways to Improve Your Health. I mean, nothing is more important 
that can help. And with the, um, how can I put it, with the overburdened medical establishment, glaring crisis-driven health headlines, and our own hectic lives, finding the information you and your family need can be next to impossible. Well, we're here to help. We bring together 101 of the top minds radically different uh, branches of the healing professions to give you 101 simple, workable ways to attack disease, overcome unhealthy habits, and live your life to its healthiest potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It's a beautiful blue book, blue book link. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, um, why don't you sort of give us some clarity um, back here with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Ten Ways to a Happy Life. Uh, give us a little insight in, in, into what you, you deal with in that section, accepting what is, because a lot of people, I'm certain, have trouble with that. <laughs> we all do, I think, yes. That's why it's number one on my list. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's it's basically uh, about the fact that we all have such unrealistic expectations to life, and we we are asking and expecting often the impossible of life, and this leads to unhappiness. In other words, when we want life to be something that it's not. In other words, when we always want to be healthy and we always want to have money in the bank and we always want to have a great relationship and we always want everyone to love us. And we always want everyone to approve of us, and we always, you know, want to have success. I mean, in other words, we have such unrealistic ideas about what this thing called life is. So, so just by our expectations, you could say, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So by having a more realistic assessment of life, in other words, that we are in these physical bodies, which no, and, and don't misunderstand me. Of course, we should take as good care as we can of ourselves and eat healthy and exercise and all that, but no matter what we do, these physical bodies are not going to last forever. That's like reality. That's like we call it in, in, in our therapy here in Copenhagen, getting real, accepting what reality is. And so, so if we can learn to look at reality and say, okay, this is what's going on. Actually, we're in a much better position to deal with things sanely, healthy, realistically, and do what we can to live a happy life. But again, our un- unrealistic expectations. I mean, I-, I work as a therapist also every day, and when people come to me, usually they're in crisis or they're having some kind of problems. It's often a question of their expectations to what's going on are so unrealistic. And if we adjust it a little bit, then they can deal with things much more healthily and happily. So, yes, that's what this chapter is about. Yeah, I think um, it becomes a sticky wicket when you try to tell someone, for example, if they want to be a specific thing in life and... Mm. How do you determine what is realistic and what is unrealistic within the framework of that when you think about how many people had what when you know somebody might have thought was an unrealistic goal and they ended up being successful at it? I think that's where mm-hmm. people you know need either some kind of i don't know some kind of um assistance, but most people don't go to therapy for that that sort of thing what kind of advice <laughs> you know, what kind of advice well, actually, do you give somebody to sort of uh come to grips with that well well first of all 
I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have goals, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be active and productive or anything like that, but it's more having a realistic assessment of your situation as a human being, as life itself. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, of course, if you if you're go, if you're if you're goal oriented and you and you 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 work hard, of course, that that's a good idea if you want to achieve something. So I'm really not talking about that. I'm I'm really talking about, you know, always wanting to have, get everyone's approval or always wanting to be healthy or always wanting, you know, to be understood. These kind of things, which it has a lot to do with our the the programming we we've sort of gotten as children. I mean, we 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 see it all around us, you know, turn on the television, look at, you know, watch the Internet, whatever, that this constant bombardment about how beautiful you have to be to be happy and how healthy you have to be to be happy and how much money, these kind of things that mm. that actually take us away from the joy of being present with ourselves and our lives and being thankful for for all the good that we actually already have. It's more that that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so then the second one, wanting what you have. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's also kind of, a you know, a further spin on accepting what is because just, again, what <clears throat> we, we, we use so much energy, we spend so much time, so much mental energy wanting what we don't have all the time. And that makes us unhappy often, right? And so, so if we if we turn it upside down and say, well, what about wanting what you have? I mean, and and this is also based on the on the on, on the understanding sort of the the law of the universe that what you focus your attention on grows in your experience. So if you want what you have, if you appreciate what you have, if you give thanks for what you have already, I mean, and each and every one of us already has life. We have life. We have existence. We have, I mean, our lives are just so amazing to begin with. So what about focusing on that, especially if we know that it will grow if we do that? Okay. I, I, and again, I I'm, I love the concept. I love the book. I'm just playing, for the most part, devil's advocate here. Please um, go ahead. I, I know. I'm, I'm. I'm. I know there are people saying, okay, suppose you are um, very poor, and again, you know, mm-hmm. I have certain life circumstances that mm-hmm. you know are not very pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. How does one? within the framework of that kind of suffering, say, okay, accept what is, and hope mm. that that will expand into something better yeah. without yeah. Well, actually, wanting. Well, actually, yeah. I, I have some examples in the book of where I, I really try to play with, with those ideas because they're very relevant concerns. And one of the stories that that I, I take up is, it was actually once at the Big discussion I had with my boyfriend about this very question that you're asking. What about the little girl in Afghanistan that had her leg blown off by a landmine? So, uh, according to our Western, you know, standards, our Western ideal ideas of what it takes to live a happy life, this little girl who lost her leg, who's dirt poor, and I mean, you've seen the pictures on TV of how they live, and I've actually been in Afghanistan, so I know that that's how they live. Um, 
that this this little girl is forever cut off from happiness. I mean, it's just so cruel that 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 we again don't misunderstand me. It's not that we shouldn't work for a better world, and we shouldn't should of course work so that everyone can have the basic material comforts and all that. I'm not saying that, but but she also is alive in this moment and has as much access to the joy of life as anyone else and it is our focus on the on the on the outer circumstances on the material world that confuses us in these kind of situations and 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 it's really very tragic and it's really very cruel so it's like finding the happiness within the suffering and not allowing the the negativity of the circumstance to keep you from enjoying your life because I guess within every circumstance you have to find some kind of way to be happy within it. Well, you could also say there's another way of of sort of explaining it and you could say that every situation is what it is, right? I mean, you could say, as you say, that the material world is what it is. There is this event or there is this circumstance. But we often think that our happiness is determined by whatever's going on outside of us. Take, for example, a divorce, or take, for example, somebody gets fired from their job, any kind of event in the outer world. If you take this exact same event, you will see that different people react differently to the exact same event. And when we observe this mechanism then we understand that the, the the value or the meaning of the event is not inherent in what's happening. It the value or the meaning is comes from our interpretation of what it means for us. In other words, some people get divorced and they're joyful, they're happy, and some people get divorced and they go they're totally depressed at the end of the world. Some people, you know, they have a certain job assignment and they get completely stressed out of their mind and another person will think it's an exciting challenge. So people interpret the same exact events in different ways. So, so, so therefore we know if we watch this that it is actually the way we think, the way we interpret things that is the cause of our reaction, not the event itself. And that's really exactly. a very, very important key to happiness. In other words, if we're if we're not happy with what's going on, it's so uh, liberating to start looking at your own thinking. What is it about your thinking that is making you unhappy? And then... Uh be honest with yourself. I think that sort of is self-explanatory, but within the framework of your ways, how did realizing that you had to be honest with yourself have a, a relationship with happiness? Yeah, well, this chapter is really about, actually, this also one of the other sort of takes on this book or aspects of this book is I, I really try to combine the the spirit a spiritual approach to life with mm. with sort of a psychological understanding of the psychological mechanisms of being a human being and and I did this because i've been I've been sort of a spiritual teacher here in scandinavia for for a long long time, and I have discovered that a lot of people who are so called alternative spiritual practitioners or whatever meditating and, and mindfulness and whatever they're doing, they, they often still have great difficulties um, navigating in daily life. 
And so this book, in this book I try to sort of address things both from a more spiritual point of view but also f- look at some of the psychological mechanisms that we need to sort of master and understand to live, to live a happy life. And this chapter about being honest with yourself is really about learning how to be assertive, learning how to take care of yourself, learning how to have you know, good interactions with other people, how to have healthy boundaries and so on. But to to be able to do any of those things, first of all, you have to be honest with yourself and find out who you really are. It's sort of the, the foundation point of it's really hard to be assertive, it's really hard to have healthy boundaries if you really don't know what's important to you. So So that's really what this chapter is about, these basic skills of navigating in daily life. Just out of curiosity, uh, since you have, you know, lived in America and you've lived in several Scandinavian countries, do you find there's a difference in approaching this concept, you know, between these two parts of the world? Which which concept uh, are you referring to? Or dealing to? with your ten ways of happiness, you know, or well, being happy, this, or this living a happy is, life. This book is, uh, is, I mean, now it's just coming out in the United States, but it's it's been published already in 15 different countries here in Europe, and also in in uh, South Korea and Japan and in in the Far East. And um, it's a really popular book, and everywhere it's come out so far. So I can only say that. There's something in this book that seems to resonate with with people in many different cultures. That's oh well, much yeah. I can really tell you. Okay, that, I, I, maybe I asked my question poorly, but I was just getting to the whole concept because there are differences in different cultures with how they approach mm. this whole concept of mm. happiness or having a happy life for example if it's a well actually apropos what you're what you're saying you really remind me of something else there's been sort of the united nations studies and different studies about you know what what the happiest countries in the world and actually denmark where i live had Turns out to be the happiest country in the so world. Well, that's actually. what I and, thought and, I read somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and actually, Oprah was here and did a whole program on Den- Denmark. Uh, you know, like what is it about the Danes that makes them so happy? <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was really interesting. But I mean, that, the, their their standard for for I mean, again, the, the whole definition of happiness in that sort of study had a lot to do with the standard of living. Uh, you know how much edu- the high level of education, healthcare, the standard of living of you know that the, for example, in Scandinavia compared to the United States, the the, the difference between rich and poor is much less. There's much less contrast in society. So so there are definitely things in Scandinavia that are more more equal. It's more a welfare society and so on. So if that's what you're asking, yes, there is a difference. Very good. And now, um, I, I was going to ask something unrelated, but that's all right. I'll stick, stay focused to the book here. Investigate. <laughs> we can story. talk about other things. I just love fine with whole, me. <laughs> I love this whole. Well, you know, uh, again, I think this is a very important um, set of guidelines for people who are unhappy or who are suffering. And uh, I'm Thank certain you. it'll give some something to grasp onto to get a uh, handle on redirecting probably redirecting mm. their focus so that they can mm. you know, resolve some of these things because uh, well thank like you, you said, thank you, know, you 
well, I wouldn't have had you on if I didn't think that. That goes, like I said, you've got to realize I'm you know, playing devil's advocate here. I'm sort of trying to think for the who isn't calling in here. But, um, yeah, uh, but, yeah, so but I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, and ladies, I mean, I gentlemen. The cover, the the cover is beautiful. I mean, it's delightful. You see her sitting there, and she, she certainly doesn't look sixty. I, I don't know if this is you. Is this you on the cover? I okay, yeah. Well, and when she started out, that was something else I wanted to speak on. And since we're talking about it, first of all, you don't look old. Sixty in America is not considered that old, and I refuse to. Sit there and call yourself old, looking at <laughs> if you do nothing else but buy the book for the cover so that you can see how young this person is who calls called herself old. But anyway, I'm glad I to get that off my chest. But yeah, it's very well, beautiful. Thank you. You're so sweet. Beautiful. And actually, you can say we can tell the listeners that if they want to see my picture, they can go to my website, beanteam.com. <laughs> you can okay, see the cover there. Say the website. Bean team. B, B, it's B E A M T E A M. One word. Dot com. Bean team. Okay, I usually ask that, that in a few more minutes, but that's good. Uh, any okay. other contact information you can share at this point? <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. And she certainly looks happy. I mean, that's she, whatever it is, it's working. So. <laughs> You are extremely sweet, I must yeah. say. <laughs> Thank okay. you. All of that is, is a given here. Let me see. Let's go on to this next section. Uh, invest uh, Again, being honest with yourself. I mean, you could write mm-hmm. a book about that. Period. About that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, like you say, if most people were at least that, 90% mm. of their issues would be resolved. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's what I that, that's a long chapter also <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but it's a good thing to start with, you know. I mean, I I've lived long enough to 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 realize that it is a really good place to start being honest with yourself because when you think about how we twist ourselves out of shape trying to please other people, and then when you say, okay, well, being such a people pleaser, how do you stop doing that? Again, you come back to, well, you got to find out who you are, first of all, and you got to find out what you value, and you got to find out what's important to you and start living from that place. And that alone is a life project, right? Uh, yes. Well, folks, hold that thought. When we come back, I want you to sort of uh, elucidate uh, about this investigating your stories piece. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so well, and with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Arsenia Rizzo. Um, now, my guest, my live guest, next week, August 20th, will be Desmond Laval, also of the Healing Quantum Guilt. Um, now, at the end of that program, we will discuss the herb Aswagata. And the Asana Pinya Mayurasana. Check the website to see my rebroadcast for the next week of 2017. And we'll be back with Marvin Wilker, author of Happy.
Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations, has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. National Healthcare Practitioner, Parthenia Um Now, there's a link on my website for purchasing blood type diet products and skin products. Now, if you decide to purchase a skin product, you have to enter this code USW9099101, which lets them know that I sent you there. They include supplements that, um, with the incorporation of nanotechnology, are more efficiently assimilated into the body. Their beauty products are enhanced by what they call age-lock technology that promotes the skin. Uh, I call this skin where beauty and wellness meet technology. Okay, and we are back with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Okay, Barbara, let's go on here. Um, Investigating your stories. Yes, yes, yes. People have tons of stories, <laughs> <laughs> and they're hard to get rid of them. They really don't want to let them go. No, no, no. Well, that's also one of the things I found out that's really good to do if you want to live a happy life, because often we are so lost in our stories that we miss the sweet reality that's unfolding before us right now. I mean, we're often... We're so often, you know, regretting something in the past or feeling guilty about something in the past or else we're worrying about something that's going to happen in the future so we miss the now. So this chapter, Investigating Your Stories, is about, um, especially if you're not happy, to try to identify what story you're telling yourself that's making you unhappy and then to take a good look at it and see if there's any truth to it. And let me give an example here about what I mean. Again, I work as a therapist, uh, and I often have people who come to me who have relationship problems, right? So say, for example, a woman will come in the door, and she's uh, in the middle of of a divorce. Her husband left her, and she's really depressed. And then I say, well, what's going on? And she'll say, I lost the love of my life. Um, I'll, I'll be alone for the rest of my life. I'll never find true love again, and on and on and on. And then I'll say, well, okay, that's a really interesting story. Let's look at that. Uh, okay, so what's the reality? The reality is, yes, you're getting divorced. Yes, it's challenging for you right now. But all the other things you said, um, I'll be alone for the rest of my life, I'll never find love again, can you absolutely know that that's true? So in other words, P- 
people who are in crisis or who are very unhappy, they're usually taking some event and blowing it up into what I usually call catastrophic thinking. In other words, they're they're projecting into the future something that may be going on now, and they really feel miserable as a result. And by investigating the story, by you know doing what I call reality testing, people usually feel a lot better right away. So, for example, this woman who said, I'll be alone for the rest of my life, can she know that that's true? She can't. I pointed that out to her, and she said, oh, yeah, I can't really know that. You'll never find love again. Can you know that that's true? Can you know that when you walk out of my door, you won't bump into the <laughs> next man in your life? You know. So, yeah. I mean, again, so this cat, this kind of catastrophic thinking, in other words, getting real about, okay, what what do we actually know here? Okay, yeah, it's tough at the moment and it's challenging, but don't project all of this now and forever for you because you're making it a lot worse than it needs to be. Oh, yeah. Well, very good. And the next section here is mind your own business. Now, this is a tricky one. I know people have questions about this. (laughs) Especially, you know, when you think something's happening to somebody that's – unhealthy or unpleasant or, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I must say that my experience is, and actually when people usually, I also, I'm, I mean, I say I'm a therapist in a way I'm kind of like a coach uh, because mm-hmm. when people come to me, that we sort of go, we do this uh, process together. And I often start people, almost everyone, I, st- I give my, my clients homework, things that, you know, pointers that they're going to work on between the sessions until they come back the next time. And I usually start almost everyone with this one, minding your own business. Because I've discovered that most of us are spending so much of our time thinking about what other people need to do, what other people should be thinking, what they should be, you know, I mean, we're we're so, again, it has also to do with if you want to live a happy life, what about taking care of you, coming home to you, (laughs) minding your own business, right? 24 hours a day. Exactly. We're so wise on everybody else's behalf. We have so much good advice for everyone. And and there's a lot involved in this this kind of behavior because you could say on the one hand, when we mind someone else's business, and again, when, in this chapter, I'm not just talking about the things we might say out, lo- out loud, but I'm also talking about mentally. I mean, we might not say it out loud, but we have, you know, ideas about, oh, she shouldn't wear that, or she should do this, oh. or he should do that. So, so mentally, all that mental energy yeah. oh, that we're yeah. spending out there, right? But also, yeah. it's it's really a lack of respect for other people's intelligence. You know, it's a really a lack of respect for other people's ability to, you know, figure out what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of like, you know, playing God in a way, in the sense that, you know, like we know what's best for another person. I mean, there's, there's so much involved in minding someone else's business. It's like, hello, can I just figure out what's best for me? That's really yeah. difficult. Yeah. So, so. I discovered also when I give people this exercise, you know, try to spend the next week until we meet again, noticing every time you're mentally in somebody else's business and then bring yourself home to yourself. When they come back, I say, well, how did it go? And people are like so shocked at how much (laughs) mental energy they're using 
out there minding everybody else's business. Just think about it also when you're in your family relationship, uh, how much they would improve if everybody would mind their own mind their business. Own. <laughs> oh, boy, so if yes. So if there's only one thing the listeners <laughs> could take away from this show, this is the one. This is the yes. one that can... If you want to have instant advice that can improve your life 100% from this moment on, trust me on this one. If you just will spend your energy noticing when you're minding someone else's business, withdraw and come home to yourself and try to mind your own business and just see your life will change so much. Everybody will love you so much more. I was going to say, especially for that person who you said mentioned earlier, or is always looking for acceptance or approval, and they're going mm-hmm. around, you know, minding everybody else's business. They certainly mm-hmm. not help that to happen. <laughs> no, but anyway. no, that's a great way to sabotage it, right? You will definitely sabotage it for sure. So this one here, I mean, I must say, this chapter here, this is the gem, one of the gems in the book that people just uh, they they that so much good has come out of this just this one. <laughs> Well, I tried to read it with a straight face when I was going through it. I, I remember when I first saw it, I chuckled so. But anyway, um, I like this these next two these next two too because uh, we're often so eager to do this, that, or the other, but we beat ourselves up mm. awfully um, when you know after the fact. You talk about do the right thing and ex- I mean, well, first follow your passion and accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. Tell you the date on what you're talking about there. Well, that's another thing that I've discovered both for myself and counseling other people that, I mean, if we really, again, we're talking, this book is about how to live a happy life, right? So, I mean, if you don't follow your heart, if you don't follow your passion, you know, how can you live a happy life? It's really very simple. But what mm-hmm. is it that's preventing us from from following our passion and then then comes back to what you were saying we want other people's love love and approval so 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 this is this constant battle our fear of disapproval of others if i do this you know what will they think or my mother will be un, unsatisfied with me or my my husband won't like it or, or my children will i mean you know there's always something but um it's not a good recipe for for living a happy life no uh, you make a choice. Mm-hmm. There were consequences. You have to. What is it? Um, what's the, the current term they use for embrace whatever that mm-hmm. consequence is mm-hmm. and use it as mm-hmm. a stepping stone to the next event, as opposed exactly. to oh, I should never have done that. I should never have started yeah. writing that. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's true that no matter what choices we make everything has consequences everything we think say do has consequences so so that's just sort of the nature of existence on this plane so so i mean at least we could do you know what makes our hearts sing but right. uh, again that's it's it's often easier said than done well that's true but see if we do something re- someone else advises us to do or almost pushes us to do and it doesn't yeah. go well then they can blame the other person see <laughs> Where they sort of now that's a better. good one. <laughs> but if they that's make a good one, the only person they can hold accountable is themselves. Uh, <laughs> not having someone to blame. 
But anyway, I digress. Um, do the right thing and accept the consequences. Yeah, it sort of leads. Lead, yeah, it's similar. It leads into that. But I mean, that was really we started the program with me talking about uh, how I left home because of the Vietnam War. So I I I really learned at a very early age that. You know that our choices do have really serious consequences for, for for our lives, and that doing what you feel is the right thing is not always going to make you popular, especially not in my family. Anyway, <laughs> and and that I mean, in in my case, that that choice that I made when I was 18 years old it changed my whole life. I mean, I ended up living the rest of my life in Scandinavia because of that, but I mean, it was like I was young and I had this boyfriend, and it just that was like what we felt were the right things to do at that time in that place, and it, you know, I think that that if we don't do that uh, because we're afraid of the consequences, I mean, it's really uh, it's really hard to live a happy life if we don't do that. And and I mean, we're also talking about just in in terms of living according to our values and having integrity, and and it's really on a you could say that was a big decision for me, but but just on the daily basis, all of our actions have consequences not only for us for us personally, but for for the world. So everything we do, do the right thing on a daily basis. What does that mean socially, politically? You know, it goes on and on. But as Gandhi said, I quote him in this uh, chapter: "Be the change you want to see in the world." I mean, we've only got ourselves. You have to have the strength of your convictions. You really mm. do. I think that's very important. Okay, mm. deal with what is in front of you and forget the rest. Um, <laughs> because I, I think we'd get to this one, uh, and we're coming close to that point where I'm going to ask you for your final words of wisdom. But I, yeah. I, I think it's important to sort of get this, get yeah. your, get yeah. a little taste of this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is again, as I said, the more spiritual part of the book in terms of when we really look at the nature of existence and who we really are in terms of the sort of a more metaphysical, philosophical, spiritual take on life and that we really only have this now moment. And because we are so identified with our stories and we're worrying about the future and we're lost and regretting in the past, that we miss the moment. We miss the joy, the wonder, the amazing whatever that's right in front of our noses. So, so this whole chapter is really sort of trying to address this, which is so problematic for all of us, but that if we can get it, and I mean, the more we get it, the happier we will be because life is now and we are the now and and everything else is actually just a dream or an illusion or uh it's all mental you could say that that reality and our thinking they're really two different things and reality is what's unfolding in front of us right now okay so your quick final words of wisdom to our listeners would be what <laughs> Uh, well, happiness is not really what you think. That's one of them. And the other one is I'd really like to go back to to, to the chapter about minding your own business. I really love to would love to leave that with our listeners. That just to, if you want to play around with it, uh, 
try working just with that one concept for a couple of days and see how it transforms your life. Mind your own business. Wonderful. <laughs> well, you thank you very much. <laughs> Go to sleep. Get a good night's rest. Thank and I look so forward for to interviewing me. you uh, with your next book. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Thank you so much. For yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, now it is time for our herb of the day. Today's herb is amato. Uh, the parts used medicinally are the leaves and fruits and seeds. Uh, according to Boston, the phytochemicals include beta carotene, uh, allergic acid, salicylic acid, tannins, uh, some of the nutrients are amino acids, calcium, iron, phosphorus, vitamin B2, B3, and According to Bach, it has diuretic, uh, antioxidant, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and expectorant properties. Helps to protect the liver and kidneys. May reduce blood sugar levels. Is useful for indigestion, fever, cough, burn, skin problems, and weight loss. It's a rainforest herb used in skincare products as an emollient and as yellow. Okay. And now it's time And again, this is from the Iyengar Way um, This is a face-down tree uh, Yusasana is the tree pose uh, Stand about three feet away from a wall Facing it, bend down and place the hands on the floor Three to five inches away from the wall, a shoulder, shoulders width apart. Uh, straighten the elbows and stretch the arms and shoulders up. Open the chest, walk in, prepare to jump up, bring the leg up toward the left leg forward and bend it. Keep the right leg straight. Exhale and kick with the right leg, keeping it straight, and follow quickly with the left leg. Locked, lock the elbows and stretch the trunk up. Uh, it's like you're doing a handstand uh, against the wall or at the wall. Straighten both legs, stretch the heels up uh, the wall, extend the soles of the feet and toes, take the coccyx and sacrum in, uh, relax the neck and head, stay for from 20 to 30 seconds or longer, breathing evenly. Exhale and come down without collapsing the arms. Keep the head down for a few moments. Okay, folks. Uh, that is your asana, and oh, also remember to relax within the pose. Okay, you have my colleagues help your friends. My live healing at the end of that, that live program, you will be working your Asmagat and the Asana Pesca, Marcus Rasana. Check the website www.anglesherapy.com or www.wellnessholenessandwisdom.com. Please mark your podcast on Wednesday and Thursday, August 21 and 22. We'll be. We'll link on my program live. Bible, or iPhone, wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well.
Yes. And remember that you can email your resume with results at amtherapy.com and um, the show is archived immediately after the program airs. Um, you can advertise on the program on my site and uh, you can send it to the as well. So the Medical Therapy also shows the public to vote for anxiety, consultation, meditation, acupressure, wellness, 